You're listening to the Art of Play podcast. Here we are talking about the research of fun, talking to people who are contagiously playful, and inviting you to find creative ways to stay curious in developing your best human self. Happy Friday, everyone. Today's actually April Fool's when I'm recording this, so it's a little bit interesting to not... I'm not actually a prankster, but I've had all these ideas of pranks that I could pull on the podcast. We're not going to pull that today. So happy April 2nd, because that's when you're listening to this. Today is the 91st day of 2021. That's a great number. 91 is a prime number. And we're on episode 53, which is also a prime number. So it's a prime, must be a prime day. Primed to be able to talk about a new month, a new theme to think about this month. Today, I am... Somewhat pleased. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hard time today wrapping my head around the fact that we're in a new month. But today I'm pleased to introduce kindness as our element to challenge our thinking this month. Now, kindness may not be something you need to work on. Kindness may not be something that you really think about as being a part of your everyday life. And it is definitely not something you're probably thinking that you need to add to your to-do list for sure. But this is going to be a month of talking about not just bringing more kindness into our month, but acknowledging the kindnesses that just already exist in our lives. And most of the time, we're going to be talking about the kindnesses you pay to yourself, Um because I feel like everyone's reliance on other people is something that we can't really control. So mostly we're going to be talking about the kindnesses that we pay to ourselves. But overall, I would say that if you need more ways to think of kindness, um, because the last 15 months have been rough, let's let's call a spade a spade, that the the last 15 months maybe aren't exactly what we expected and we could use a little more kindness in our in our interactions with ourselves with other people all of those things so in this particular episode i am going rogue just a little bit i'm going to tweak my own little formula mostly because the background of kindness there's a generalized definition of what that means um kindness is something that we all assume we understand, right? It's a, it's a communal definition. Uh, but at the same time, the concept really can't be challenged. You know, it's one of those things like you know it when you see it, but you also know when you're giving kindness and when you're not. Um, so today I'm sharing a few of the naysaying bits of kindness. It's kind of the Mm, the detraction maybe of kindness. <clears throat> we aren't usually specifically taught how to be naysayers when it comes to kindness because we're taught on the other side of things. So I just want to point out a few things about the the harsher side of the definition of kindness as well as um, just that there's a lot of versions of kindness that c- can crop up. So first we're going to talk about the the grayer side of kindness. And then um, we're going to talk about a few different versions of kindness. 
And then I really want to just leave you with some of my favorite quotes and interpretations of what it means to be kind because while you may have the definitions in your brain of what you want kindness to be and what how you want to experience it, I don't get to define that. So the, the best thing I can do to be understood in this episode is to just kind of share my perspective on kindness. Um, so first of all, children and infants have been sort of tested for kindness. They People have, there was a big study done at Yale to see when empathy and kindness, like kind actions, interactions started in infants and, and children. It started at 14 months. Um, so you know, after a year after children have, you know, of typical development have started to interact on a level and have started to, you know, kind of get that social feedback down in their, in their caretaking. And what they found is there is inherent qualities of kindness and empathy and caring within every typical human. So they weren't specifically taught it, right? But like everything you absorb in the first 18 months of life, you observe a lot and you try things out and you kind of, you, you start to square away some of, the, of what you're learning just environmentally. So also kindness in general is attributed to the fact that when we are born, we must rely on the kindness of others to keep us growing. Now that's not a conscientious, like you don't think, oh, I owe my parents so much because they kept me alive in the early days of my life. It's more of a, we're a social species and we rely on each other to keep each other alive in those early, early years of life. And then we really do require acts of humanity uh, mostly for which we are years away from being able to contribute to or pay back in any way. I personally attribute it to the fact that we all have divinity within us and immense potential for good just from birth. Just humans are innately and divinely good. And that kindness stems from within. And I have to think that there is an inherent link between the kindness of human beings and being able to survive. And let me tell you a little bit about my train of thought there. So they say they can trace the link to the point when we became a social species by the fact that they found a fused femur that had been broken. So if you don't know, the femur is the largest bone in the body, sometimes called the thigh bone. And in order to heal that large bone, it has to rest. It has to be immobilized. It has to be allowed to fuse back together. And if a human being is not being taken care of out of the kindness of another human's heart, that six plus weeks to heal a broken femur would starve the human to death right? The human with the broken femur, if they are not having a caretaker, they will die by the time the femur has a chance to heal because they literally can't, you can't walk with a broken femur. So they would not be able to hunt, get water, you know, adjust themselves. So they, 
just in studying human development, they found that this is the point that social species really kind of came to to start making the the anthropology um, presence happen. So the kindness of another human being showed up in a large bone that was given the kindness to heal, right? So just the thought of making it so that that person could heal and not be a burden on the social system of, of the human being group, that is somewhere where they acknowledged that kindness had to do with letting that human live rather than, than just die because they had a broken bone. Um, so if they're saying they can trace kindness as being human, you know, rooted into human interaction, I agree, but I also have contingency questions. And I think that along the lines of the gray side of kindness, there is a there's a thought process that says that every kind act is inherently selfish because if I'm the one doing a kind act, I get more out of it than the person that I am trying to help. So I get more social status or good self-esteem or I get a better, you know, I don't just a better overall human ex- I have a better experience than the person that I'm trying to help. Now, if if that's true, I mean, I understand the logic behind saying that kindness is inherently a selfish act because of, you know, the social structure of things and and the wanting to belong to a group and so contributing allows me to belong and therefore I'm paying my dues to get it to stay in the group and belong. But if it can be argued that overall contributing to the net good in the world is a is making the world a better place for humans, how is that bad. Now, even I get it. We are taught that selfish isn't supposed to be a good thing. This is why self-care sometimes hits the back burner. But what I'm saying is if we are contributing to the net good of humans overall, even if that's just a cynical argument, it matters in the societal scheme of things only to move us incrementally forward still. Because I think it could still be argued that a kindness paid to another human being moves the human race forward and us as a society, we move forward. Whereas if I chose to do a disservice to another human being or pay an unkindness, that would mean I take the world incrementally back. So overall, even if let's say justifiably social scientists have to pin it on a kind act is a selfish act. Overall, it's contributing to the net good of humankind. So 
if you follow that train of thought, social scientists have said that the person using the kind act benefits in a way that is very selfish in a kind act. So even kind acts, they're saying, are selfish acts. I'm saying, even if that's true, I would say it contributes to the net good and the improvement of mankind. So just like self-care, if that's the way you have to think about it, take care of those around you is not, taking care of those around you is not a bad thing. Um, incremental movement forward is still movement forward for all of us. So that's what I have to say about kind of the gray area and the, and the incremental sort of movement of, of mankind. I think kindness really begets kindness. And so I don't see that as a bad thing. All right. So I, I also want to just put a disclaimer on moving forward that as I'm asking you to look back in your life about the kindnesses that you have given or received and sometimes childhood is kind of raw and sometimes early adulthood is kind of raw in places and especially times when kindnesses paid by other people are very poignant or striking. Maybe they came to us at a time when we were really struggling. I get it. I want you to know that I understand what that feels like. I understand that it's hard to to think back on some kindnesses without feeling the pain of the situation that brought on that kindness. But... For this episode, um, I think it would be a disservice to any amount or any moments of kindness that you recognize to not recognize it. So in this next little section, so the gray area of kindness, we could go on and on and on about arguing back and forth whether or not it is the net good or the, you know, it's a selfish act or it's no, what is it? No kind act goes unpunished. I don't think it's kind act. Some, the phrase is something else. However, I think it moves us forward. Kind acts move mankind forward. Just like maybe it wasn't so much kindness that helped heal the femur bone Maybe it was desperation of our best hunter just went down with a broken leg. So if we nurse them back to health, we will all benefit. You know, like my food will be provided better for me. So we need this person to heal. Overall, the the kindness and attention paid to that person who had a healed femur contributed to the net good of the group. So... Moving along to kindness creating hope. Now, there's also, you know, um, there's a lot of versions of kindness. Everybody has a different definition in their head. Everyone 
has evolving expectations around kindness, maybe the kindness that you expect to give to other people, the kindness you expect to receive from other people, the kindness maybe you're missing in the world and so you're begrudgingly holding it against society. Um, A lot of the versions of kindness come from our interactions with other people. We define kindness the way you know, I mean, though probably a lot of it's rooted in how we first interacted. So if, if 14 to 18 month olds can depict kind acts or, you know, show empathy, it would follow that they are picking up on the kindnesses and empathy shown by their immediate caregivers and interactions. So that would mean that we learned kindness the way our parents showed us or caregivers showed us kindness. And that can be a different version for everybody. There are people who show their love very non-verbally. There are people who show their love very openly. There are people who show their love, you know, through multiple ways and you have to kind of pick up on it all these different ways. And of course, I'm meaning love and kindness to be sort of interchangeable right here. But those versions of kindness are different for everyone. So you see a unique lens of kindness that no one else does. That may come through in the generosity of someone, compassion, maybe a good faith thing or a, you know, just obliging societal rules like letting somebody into traffic, holding a door for somebody coming out of a building. One of those things is like paying it forward or just somebody who's innately kind, I think we all know somebody who just genuinely understands the kindness that is needed in their circle. Um, As I get older, I've noticed kindness can come from really good inner dialogue and encouragement of others or encouragement at especially needed moments of time. Um, Universal lessons. So Lessons of just the life flow, right? It was kind that I learned this before I needed to learn this lesson. Or good conversation. Sometimes just having a really good conversation, it can even be with a stranger, is a kindness that fills a void that you didn't even know you needed to be filled. Um, so I'm sure you can come up with many, many more, right? generous, compassionate, good acts, kind, you know, kind thoughts. And if the innate nature of human beings is to look for and expound on the goodness, then you have to think that you have had many more kindnesses paid to you than you have even taken inventory of. And for good reason. I mean, we're meant to be efficient, right? We're meant to be efficient like Accept the gratitude, express the gratitude, and move along. So the person that held the door for you, you know, as you were walking to class in college and you were late for class and your hands were full and somebody just held the door for you, you probably don't remember their, if you know them, you probably don't remember what their, you know, if they were male or female or if they held the door with their right hand or that you don't remember some of those poignant moments Because you don't have the capacity or the need to. 
right? There's all of those little kindnesses that add up in lives. And it's not, it's not a tally. I'm just using it as a additional, you know, good done in the world. But also in that vein, you have probably paid more kindnesses into the collective human interaction than you know, right? You have paid it forward in a way that maybe it's okay that you don't tally how many kindnesses you've received because you also have paid in an amount that isn't to be tallied. Now, I want to talk about paying it forward just a little bit. I read about executive function a little bit and saying things like the self-discipline of today is paying it for yourself tomorrow. You pay yourself uh, um, ahead of time. You pave the way. You make sure that your executive function of today, so so I'm sorry, the decisions you make today that are in self-discipline, such as I'm going, let's say I'm going to clean out the sink before I go to bed, or I'm going to make my bed when I get up so I get into a nice clean bed when I go to bed tonight. Those small things are kind of what it's like to be kind to yourself and paying it forward. So I'm not just talking about paying it forward, like paying for somebody's meal at the Wendy's and, you know, and asking that everybody pay it forward or, like there's there's a system in um, some European countries where you pay for an extra coffee and people who are struggling, you know, are having a hard time paying their bills can still go in and get a hot coffee in the morning and and not have to pay for it. Those sorts of things are paying it forward. But I'm also talking about the ways we pay it forward to ourselves. So we... So I personally pay it forward to myself when I lay out my exercise gear for the next morning, or I pay it forward when I actually do my school reading on time and I'm prepared to study for exams that I'm taking or doing assignments that I'm trying to accomplish. I pay it forward when I have my kids brush their teeth so that when we go to the dentist, we don't have hundreds of dollars in cavities to be filled or I pay it forward in helping them figure out their self-discipline in ways that I no longer have to you know poke and prod for them to um, get going on certain mornings because they understand that they're paying it forward to themselves by laying the groundwork before like we go to bed at a decent time so that we pay it forward to the next morning and we don't hate ourselves rolling out of bed those sorts of things Paying it forward is used as an outward expression of kindness, but I want you to start focusing a little bit more on paying it for, on the ways you pay it forward for yourself. The kindnesses that you pay yourself are instrumental in moving your ability to be kind in moments that are hard forward. So it's a lot like play where if we're, laying the groundwork to enjoy our lives, we open up the opportunities to enjoy life that many more times. So paying it forward with kindness, opening yourself up to being kind and generous with yourself, pays it forward for the times when you really need it. You may need to dig deep or you may be super frustrated or you may just need to say, I'm feeling really good right now. I'm going to take advantage of feeling good 
and enjoy this moment of life for just a moment. So paying it forward is that version of kindness where we take care of the future. Just It can be five minutes in the future. It can be five years in the future. It doesn't really matter. We just know we're stocking up for the future of kindnesses to ourselves. Okay, so that's, that version of kindness probably means a lot of different things. Um, talking about the gray area of kindness, I don't want you to think that I'm not paying attention to either of those things. But at the same time, I have a hard time hovering over the gray areas of life. I feel like that's counterproductive. And paying it forward is something that I am absolutely passionate about, that I love to think about what little goods now can make a huge impact later and and maybe even make it possible for a huge life shift in the future. Uh, okay. I've talked probably long enough about those two, two things, considering we've been at this for about 20 minutes. Now, the last thing, I have three quotes, and they are a little bit varied in their um, take on kindness and their ability to sort of describe what we're talking about. Um, overall, I want just the definition of kindness to be top of our minds. So let me, of course, it disappeared in my script. But, okay, we're going to skip it. Oh, here it is. Okay, so a modern definition of kindness. This is a modern meaning. It's been in the dictionary long enough that it's modified a few times. Um. So modern in the sense of it's been updated, really. Kindness is a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward. So that goes a little bit against our gray area of kindness because without expecting praise or reward, the social scientists would say without outwardly expecting praise or reward. But I truly think there is there are very few people paying forward kindnesses that expect big kudos for, for a lot of what they do. Um, a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others. And that can be large or small. That can be hopeful or not so hopeful in times of need, in times of happiness, all of those things all come through kindness. Now, that is the definition that kind of overshadowed these other quotes. Now, um, I think that these quotes, one of these quotes has actually shifted the way I think about kindness in general, so I'm going to leave it to the last point. But Ezra Taft Benson, who worked in Washington, D.C., who was a prominent member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who ended up being the president and prophet of the church, um, he had a quote that is 
kind of long, but I'm just going to read it still because I think it talks about the side of kindness that we need to kind of not just forgive others, but see past some of the actions that others may have taken in unkindness. So he says, one who is kind is sympathetic and gentle with others. They are considerate of others' feelings and courteous in behavior. They have a helpful nature. Kindness pardons others' weaknesses and faults. Kindness is extended to all, to the aged and the young, to animals, to those low in station, as well as the high. So the quote really is an equalizer of the fact that kindness can be paid anywhere to anyone at any time for any reason. And included in animals and interactions, just in general, being kind to the earth, being kind to the animals and plants around us, being kind is a form of respect that we as humans owe to each other. Okay, the next quote is by Scott Adams. And he says, remember, there is no such thing as a small act of kindness. Every act creates a ripple with no logical end. So I love this is, again, just paying it forward in that incremental way. Paying that kindness forward moves the entire group forward. The entire group of humanity moves forward on that ripple of kindness that was created. And there is no small act of kindness. So you think holding the door for somebody is small? But again, it just means you acknowledge somebody's existence, you created a pathway for them to have life be a little bit easier, easier, and you did it out of courtesy, out of kindness, out of generosity, It doesn't really matter, but it created a ripple in that person's effect, however big or small. And it really does mean that it moves all of us forward. Okay, the last quote that I mentioned um, is from Franklin D. Roosevelt. Now, I love this quote because I do think that some of the most kind people I know have also been through some of the largest difficulties of life. And they have chosen to be kind because they know the cruelty on the other side. They know what it's like to have life treat them poorly and have that kindness of life not come easy. So Franklin D. Roosevelt says... Human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not have to be cruel to be tough. Now, I think this is what maybe some of the perceptions about kindness kind of get wrong, is that they think you have to be weak to be kind. They think you have to be, you know, in a higher station in life in order to bestow true kindness on other people. And I don't think that's true. I think that every human being can 
contribute kindness into the world and every human being can acknowledge kindness in the world. And it's never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. So it just sort of strengthens the backbone of saying, because I'm choosing kindness, I'm choosing the strength overall instead of choosing the strength of one. So that really is it for today. I kind of really did go rogue for a long time there. But overall, I wouldn't let the gray area of kindness deter you. Even if you think it's selfish to be kind, it contributes to the overall good. So keep being kind. I think that small, large, meaningless, meaningful, created, orchestrated acts of kindness are still, in general, all of the versions we love of kindness. We need a multifaceted definition of kindness and we need to be accepting of how others show kindness as well. And paying it forward doesn't mean just to other people. Paying it forward can mean for ourselves as well. And then I want you to remember that human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not have to be cruel to be tough. We can be strong and kind, strong and soft at the same time. It can, it's truly a blessing of being such an amazing diverse group of people. So that really is it for today. I really, really hope that you have a wonderful weekend. And I hope that you really do take five minutes to pay it forward to yourself, pay yourself that kindness and plan to play, even if it's just for five minutes.